This is the Family Passport Podcast, Episode 5, Kids Day Out in Paris. There was a magic show, and I bought this really cool disappearing magic ball trick. Yeah, you did. And we did that trick in front of your class, didn't we? Yep. It was kind of awesome. Let's get your adventure started. It's the Family Passport Podcast. Join the Barlow family as they travel to Portugal and Paris in this season of FPP. Let us show you how to get your travel on with kids. The mission. It was plan an entire day-long outing. Identify the destination, figure out how to get there and back, what we were going to eat, and do it all within a budget. The only catch? Well, it wasn't me or Alyssa planning it. It was our six-year-old, and our seven-year-old, and then our nine-year-old too. Welcome back to the Family Passport Podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Alyssa. We are super excited to be back with you because we get to talk about how we gave our kids a budget of 100 euro and had them plan a day-long outing. And this is something that ended up being so much fun. We're going to tell you all about it and tell you why we did it. And we think you might enjoy it too. But here were the rules. Here, here's, here's, here's the rules. We, what were the rules, Alyssa? Uh, Had to include the whole family, so it wasn't just an individual outing. You had to stay within your 100 euro budget. Had to, what else did we have to do? If if we're going to go out, then if you were going to be out for meal times, you had to consider meals or you had to pack a pack a snack or pack a meal to take with or allow enough money in the, in the first place to be able to fit the budget and pay for a meal and the kids had to figure out everything didn't they yep they had to figure out how we were going to get there how we were going to get home from it what times it was open and available what days we could go on okay so i think that most people might be like are you serious you're gonna have your six-year-old figure out the whole entire whole entire day trip whole entire like how is that even going to work right and you might be asking the same thing. So why on earth did we do this? Why did we think this crazy nutty idea could be a good thing for us, our family in the middle of uh, our first time to Paris? Like why, uh, why did we do this? Well, if you remember back to our last episode, we talked about our kids having memorable experiences in Paris so that we didn't come home from this trip and, them not remember anything so we thought the best way of them remembering at least one event that we did was for them to pick the event (laughs) which as it turns out they all remember their their events or at least something that happened during their events yes and i think that was um that was part of what we were hoping would happen like we because we actually started talking about this months beforehand right yeah Oh my goodness. It was, it was, I would say at least, 
like five or six months before we actually went on the trip where we're like, you know what would be cool if the kids actually planned a day and took a day and, and did that while we were over in, in Paris. And initially we told them and they're like, oh yeah, we could go to Disneyland and we could go to, and they like made this list of everything, right? We're going to go to the Eiffel Tower, then we're going to go to Disneyland, then we're going to go to, it's like, whoa, 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 hold on. There was a budget. <laughs> like, what's a budget? And I think that's another thing that, that we were hoping would come out of it too. Like, uh, how can we teach our kids a bit of, I don't know, project or event planning along with it, right? Yeah, we wanted them to get some of those real life experiences. Um, we also knew that we wanted them to continue doing some sort of schoolwork while we were over there. And we figured this would kind of be like a big school project. It would include everything that they might do at school, but then add the real life experience to it of planning it, sticking within the budget, and then actually executing it. Yeah, and I we talked a little bit in the last episode about how we went to their teachers and we were, we were a little unnerved at first and we're like, what are the teachers going to say? Are they going to send us a lot of work? And how's that even going to work out? And all the teachers were basically having the same reactions. It's like, Oh no, no work. Just, you know, whatever. Um, so it absolutely made sense too to make this their schoolwork and embed it into a part of that too. And we, we really wanted them to have something that they were taking ownership for in order to help, help create the memories as a, as a family too, and what they were doing and what they were experiencing. Plus we felt this is a continue was something we could do every single year or two, or we suspected that this is something that we could do every single year too. Yeah. And at the same time, if you have been to Paris or even if you haven't been to Paris before, there is an overwhelming amount of things that you can see and do in Paris. Oh my goodness. And looking at all of the different things that we could do, keeping in mind we wanted this to be memorable for the kids. I mean, we could have picked any random number of 50 different activities to do and we knew we wanted them to be able to pick something that was of their interest and something that um they would remember and that would you know there's a lot of museums over there we talked about that a little bit in the last one museums are not something our kids had done a lot of before and there were some that we thought were really cool that we wanted to go to but then we started thinking about it. it's like well is that really what our kids want to see are they going to remember that are they going to care when we walk through this museum yeah. So we wanted them to be able to partake in picking some of the things that they did over there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the question might be, okay, so sounds really good in theory, right? But how did we actually do this? How does, how does that even work out? And I, we, we ended up telling them months beforehand that they're each going to get to plan a day. So that's where we started. And this generated a ton of initial questions. And actually, this was super cool because it became dinner table discussion many times over, like many different dinners over the course of the next next few months. And where they're like, oh, I wonder if I wonder if I can do this and this. I wonder if I can go to the Magic Museum and be able to go to Disneyland. And well... <laughs> That that caused other questions because and it's like, well, how much money do they get? Because we told them, well, you're going to have to operate within a budget. Well, what's a budget? How does that work? 
well, you're going to get so many euros. Well, hold on, hold on. Why don't they use dollars over there? And just became a ton of dinner table learning and discussion. And, you know, they're asking other questions like, can we go anywhere? What if we want to go to England? (laughs) Or what if we want to? And they also, what was interesting about it too, and you'll, you'll hear it from their perspective here in just a little bit too. What if, what if they want to go to the same places? Yeah, we did actually have that issue when we started the process. Once we got to Paris, there were some similarities in things that they wanted to see and do, which you might expect with a six, seven, and nine-year-old. The same types of things interested them. Well, I wanted to choose the chocolate museum, but since... Somebody already chose that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. This other cool chocolate museum, which my brother chose. Everybody wanted to go to the chocolate museum, didn't they? Uh-huh. But Grayson planned that one, huh? Chocolate museum. The chocolate museum. That was pretty cool, right? I loved it. What was super cool, though, when we started this at the beginning, was that for months we were talking to them about all these possibilities, and it made the trip so much fun, so much more fun, I would say, before we ever actually went. And it's like if you've ever heard that that saying uh how does it go when you when you chop your own wood it warms you twice half the enjoyment here was the discussion and the learning and the fun before we ever set foot on the airplane in the first place well we had done because we had talked about it so much we had done some research on kid-friendly sites to see in paris and whatever top 10 best places to take your kids all kinds of stuff like that so we had seen some of the you know like the magic museum or the chocolate museum or we had seen these different places but until you actually get there you have no idea where anything is and how it's all going to work out and come to find out the first couple days walking down the street near our flat lo and behold there's the chocolate museum that we had seen all over the place telling us to take the kids to yeah oh there's chaco de Gourmand. chaco story perfect and it's just blocks away matter of blocks away So aside from having all this discussion months in advance and having both the fun and the learning and everything else, once we actually got there, boots on the ground, we actually blocked out one morning. We we had our entire trip mostly mostly charted out with the places that we wanted to be and and we'd had different days filled in with different types of events and different places we were going to be and how much it was going to cost and everything else. And we had all that embedded into an Evernote file. But one of those days in particular, we blocked off so that we could spend the entire morning just helping the kids and just being there while they did their planning. And that's what they did for their schoolwork that particular day. So they didn't do their normal uh, math and they didn't do their normal reading, if I recall. Right. And instead... We just all sat around one of the tables and we gave them our laptops and we had brought a laptop along for them too. And they had their iPods so they could go through and do all the research. And at this point they'd been talking about it for quite a while. So this was the last step of the planning, I guess you could say where we, they had to actually look up. How are they going to get there? If I want to go to the aquarium versus going to a different museum, how do you actually get there? Mm-hmm. What, what else did we do to be able to allow them? And what else did they have to consider as they were going through it too? 
Um, so they, we also gave them some time constraints of days of the week that we had available or time periods that we had available. So they kind of had to fit their, you know, like I want to go to England. Well, England is a three and a half hour train ride away. And then we have to ride the train back for three and a half hours. So that one really is probably not going to fit in there. So they had to do some of those um, analytical thinking skills. Disney, one of them also wanted to go to Disneyland in Paris, which also was over an hour train ride uh, from where we live or where we were staying um, while we were there. Plus so it blew the hundred euro budget out of the right, water. Yeah, it was also much more than a hundred euros for the whole family to go to Disney. So that one kind of got taken out of there too. So they had their list and then they had to narrow it down based on some of those constraints we gave them. Uh, and then they were able to start the actual planning. Okay, I think this is my top pick. This is how much money it's going to cost us for the whole family to get in. Some places had different prices for adults than they did for children. Some museums were free for children. Uh, some museums were free for the youngest and not the older two. Just really depended. So they had to narrow down all those things. They had to figure out, are we riding the subway? How much does the subway cost to ride to get to where we're going? How many tickets do we have to buy? Then we have to ride the subway home. Are we going to be there for lunch or dinner? Um, so all those kinds of things came into play. So we were helping them with the research. We were helping them with the math. We were helping them get the days lined out. Yeah, to download all the directions and look at it on the maps. Right. And say, okay, if I want to go to a park afterwards and that's part of my day, then is that park close proximity? Are we going to have to get on the subway again or can we just walk there? Right. And if we want to eat, is there a restaurant close by? What kind of food does it have? Is that the kind of food we want to eat that day? So Mackenzie, our oldest, she, after much indecision, because <laughs> she had a couple of she had a couple of different things. She, She's a big thinker, so yes. she had a long list of ideas. Long list of <laughs> ideas that she had looked up, and she loves to make lists. I went to what aquarium was it? The Paris Aquarium, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> and since since in this case she's she's nine, so. She did this entire list on her own and pretty much did all the planning on her own. She, we didn't really help her a whole lot at all other than telling her, yes, you have to decide. <laughs> right. And we provided her with some cost information like the subway. Um, there were a couple subway transfers to get to where she needed to go. So we gave her some information on that. Um, but yeah, she pretty much did this whole project on her own. Uh, she was very capable of figuring all those things out and figuring out what she needed to do. And actually, ironically, hers ended up being the most expensive entrance fee for um, the time. But she budgeted well enough that there was enough for souvenirs at the end. Oh, and she was excited. And about she that. was very excited about that. And so they each got to pick a small souvenir at the end within the budget. So that was she was pretty excited about that. That part of it. Now, this was this was rather amazing. And honestly, I don't think the aquarium made your or my list at no. all. Like, why on earth would we go to Paris and go to an aquarium? That's that just sounds silly as I say it. However, it was it was rather amazing. They had they had the shark tank where you could watch underneath like in a movie theater and they had the 
they had the koi pond, which the kids absolutely loved and had gigantic goldfish in it so that they could spend, oh my goodness, I think we spent 45 minutes petting goldfish. At least they could, <laughs> could have been more. Think petting zoo they at the fair or the zoo, but it was a koi pond. In an aquarium, <laughs> yeah. Crazy. And they loved it. And they had, apparently, they were uh, free of stingrays because I guess in a lot of those koi ponds and other places through Europe they put stingrays and this one was stingray free so that's a bonus right (laughs) right yeah (laughs) apparently stingrays sting when you pet them (laughs) weird (laughs) weird um so the so the kids absolutely love this and I think that the other cool thing for me was we never would have picked this so we wouldn't Mm -hmm. have had that exposure so talk about ownership and like she gets to create something that just wouldn't have been created for for her. Yeah, and it was interesting to see, um, knowing our our children, they each picked something that falls very much within their lines of things that interest them at home. Mackenzie is very interested in animals. She um, still currently thinks she wants to be a vet when she grows up, so this totally was along her lines. Um, and Camden, our middle son, absolutely loves magic i remember it took me a few days and i chose a magic museum you did you chose uh musée de magi uh-huh. well his number one choice was the eiffel tower right but we were already going to the eiffel tower and we said, okay, look, you know, you get to pick something else because we're going to the Eiffel Tower no matter what. Although he did go back and forth about wanting to go to the Eiffel Tower more than once. So he still, still to the end, really wanted to go to the Eiffel Tower. This is true. In in the end, he decided on the Musée de Magi, that magic museum, which was, it was, it was pretty amazing, actually. It... <laughs> It had two parts when you walked into it. You walked in and you could pay for one side or the other. One side was, what was it called? It was called like the... Animation. Yeah, anime. Musée d'Automatique or yeah, something, something like, like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Something very close. And it had all different kinds of uh, moving and automated dolls and people and carvings and other types of curiosities. Mm-hmm. Sort of the same thing that seen in San Francisco at some of the curiosity shops down yeah. down there, right? Or Pike's Place. Yeah. In Seattle. Yeah. But it had a massive collection of mm-hmm. these. And, and some really old ones and they were all intact working so you could get them to do whatever they were designed to do. So the kids absolutely loved that because one of the walls was maneuverable so you could actually impact it. You could push the button or pull the lever or Mm -hmm. anything else. So you got to cause it to do whatever it was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And that type of interactivity, of course, was really cool for children. I had fun. Mm -hmm. Big kids too. (laughs) And then the other side was the Magic Museum. Mm -hmm. And the Magic Museum when you when you walked in, it had all different kinds of facts. There was a gift shop there. There was uh, different types of illusions all around the Magic Museum, mm-hmm. but it all revolved around a magic show that happened every hour. Was it every hour? Every hour, hour? yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that magic show was pretty cool. And they did actually do the magic show in English. 
So they would tell it in French and then he'd work it into the show to share a little bit of English. We were the only English or the only family that spoke English there at the time. Everybody else spoke French. So we were the minority. But that that was rather amazing. The kids had a ton of fun. It was Mm -hmm. very, very intimate. It was not a big theater at all. It was this little theater. There was maybe 15 kids and then families that went along with them. Yeah. Absolutely. So very incredibly intimate and they involved the kids in the show mm-hmm. and just a very, very fun experience in that way. And then afterwards they did a tour, which as it turns out, that part was only in French. So we did kind of follow them around, but we couldn't understand what they were saying. The tour though consisted of, they have a, the magic museum has a lot of magic, um, memorabilia or artifacts, I guess, if you will. Um, there was a lot of Houdini's, artifacts that he used there and who was the other big there's another i don't know magic very well no um so anyway and most of i if i remember correctly most of the plaques around the artifacts and the memorabilia were in english and in french so we could at least read what they were even though we couldn't understand what they were saying but they continued to do magic throughout the little tour so it was kind of fun to follow along even though we couldn't understand what they were saying they were still doing magic tricks the whole time so yeah we were attempting to learn french and we'd pick up words here and there but not enough to the point where we knew what they were talking about when everybody would burst into laughter right oh that was a funny joke right but don't let it deter you just because the tour is in french there was a lot of other things that were worth being there for. Absolutely. Absolutely. So one thing in particular, if you go, when you go, there is this, I would call it a a machine. It's in the far side of the magic museum and you put your hand into it. It looks like a lion. It's in the shape of a lion and you put your hand. There was a couple of them. Yes. You put your hand into it and it licks you. (laughs) It is the weirdest feeling in the world. (laughs) And it, I have it on video. I don't know. Maybe we'll link up. Maybe we'll link up uh, some of the video to see the kids' expressions and kids' faces because they'd stick their hand in the machine and not quite sure what to anticipate. And then it feels like the lion's licking you. I'm <laughs> like, what the heck? And it is it is absurd enough that you remember it forever. Yes. Camden's other, um, he really wanted to have crepes on his day out. We had not eaten crepes very many times. We'd eaten them a couple times, but he really had enjoyed them. And so he wanted to find a place to eat crepes while we were out and make sure he had enough money so that we could eat crepes while we were out. And ironically enough, there was a very highly rated TripAdvisor crepe shop just like a block away from the Magic Museum. So that worked out nicely for Camden that we were able to go have crepes afterwards and he did his budget and figured out how much we could each spend at the crepe shop. And so um, that was the other part of his trip that he was really excited about doing. Oh yeah, it was adamant. that Yes. Well, I can't do this other thing because it won't leave enough money for crepes. Yeah. Is it possibly more important than the Magic Museum itself? <laughs> it could have been, yes. Although he really enjoyed it. He now, did. Grayson, what did Grayson do? Grayson, Grayson is our snack lover. Grayson loves sweets. Grayson loves chocolate. And so from the beginning, when we first found the Chocolate Museum, that interested him. And then when he found out it was across the street from where we were staying, 
it was perfect for him because it actually required the least amount of planning, which was good being that he was the youngest and needed the most assistance with the planning and the budgeting and figuring all that stuff out. Um, that his, we only had to walk a block away and cross the street and it there involved we eating chocolate and getting hot chocolate. So you could have <laughs> passed that up. <laughs> it sounds like a dream. And actually all of the kids had this on their list. Yes, they did. So they were happy to default to allowing Grayson to choose this one so yes. that ultimately it was like they got two of them. Yeah. Why did you want to do the chocolate museum? What made you want to go? Because it was chocolate. <laughs> well, it was chocolate, that's for sure. You're right about that. Anything else that made you want to go do the chocolate museum? Because I wanted to see stuff made out of chocolate. Did. <laughs> Did you see anything made out of chocolate while you were there? Yeah. Oh, cool. Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yeah? There was a chocolate Eiffel Tower there? Yeah. There was a chocolate Eiffel Tower. Was it pretty cool? Yes. Grayson was... Uh, enamored with the with both the chocolate and the chocolate at the at the end. The hot chocolate was pretty cool because the hot chocolate was awesome. You go to this museum, and I wasn't quite sure what it was like because it was called Chaco Story, and uh, it also had the title of Chaco de Gourmand, and it was also the chocolate museum. So you weren't quite sure exactly what it was, and turns out it was an interactive museum where they not only made chocolate there, Mm -hmm. but they told the entire history of chocolate in France. In France, yeah. Yeah. So how did chocolate come to be in there? And I had no idea. This was was actually really, really interesting. I'm not sure that the kids cared so much. About the story, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure that the kids cared so much about the... Uh, I don't know that it first originally came over after it was brought back by the Aztecs right? and they land, happened to land here and then it was shared with this particular queen and then that queen made it popular because she thereon requested to, yeah, I don't think that the kids cared so much about that piece of it. They liked the chocolate and they liked, lear- they liked learning about the plants too. Like They did and they, and part of the, um, so this was a, actually three level museum I guess it was the first level was the story the history of chocolate and then the second level was more about the different kinds of chocolate so white chocolate dark chocolate milk chocolate um, how the different kinds of chocolate were made the kids thought that was really interesting the different things that went into making each of the different kinds of chocolate that one also talked about chocolate molding and different shapings of chocolate that sort of stuff, which they really liked looking at all the molds and all that. And then on the bottom story was the actual chocolate factory where they actually make chocolate. And the kids got to watch, well, we all got to watch a demonstration of how they made chocolate, molded it. We got to taste different kinds of chocolate that were made there. Uh, Grayson loved that part of it, the tasting the different chocolate. And although I don't think the kids were interested in this story, the museum itself had a nice little booklet that each of the kids was given with a pencil um, and stickers, which Grayson loves stickers, so that worked out well for him too. Yeah. Where as they went around and looked at the story, they got to fill in the blanks for the different parts of the story and then find that they were on a treasure hunt for all these different stickers to put in their book. And there also was a free audio guided 
tour that we downloaded on everyone's uh, personal device. So the kids had their iPods, we had our phones. So everyone could listen to each station themselves as they walk through the museum. The kids got kind of bored. They didn't listen to the whole thing. Sometimes they got confused about where they were, but it, there were still pieces there to keep the museum tour interactive. Oh, yeah. And that made it a totally different experience. Clearly, they were used to having children there. Right. Not necessarily like all of the places in, in Paris, as you might yeah. imagine. So what was uh, what I thought was really cool about that museum, too, was they had uh, they had some really cool things made out of chocolate on the, yeah. on the lower level. Yeah. So they had an Eiffel Tower that was... Made out of chalk, like ginormous. Ginormous, yeah. It was probably like, probably six feet. Uh, I would say even even possibly taller. Could possibly have been like this eight foot Eiffel Tower. It was very tall, like yeah. at least six feet tall. Yeah. Eiffel Tower, and then they had a high heel made oh, out that's of. Right, yeah. So they had all kinds of crazy things crafted out of chocolate. Yeah. And then you got to learn what all the differences were between what's the difference between milk chocolate and mm-hmm. how did that arrive and. Everything else in between, too. And all in all, I would say that it was a it was a pretty it was a pretty fun experience. Well worth it, especially if you've got kids that are under 12. Other kids would probably enjoy it, too. Uh, but especially if you've got kids that are under 12. Yeah. And it's definitely worth purchasing the more expensive entrance fee to get the hot chocolate at the end, because the hot chocolate at the end. I think you could actually also go in there and just get hot chocolate, but it was definitely worth the hot chocolate at the end. Oh, yeah. So what if you want to do this, too? What if you want to do this with with your kids, too? Well, we've got a couple of different ways to make it easy on you. We highly recommend the experience. It was so much it was so much fun for us. Somewhat unnerving at times too, like the rest of that that morning where we were helping them, and it's like, no, you need to make a decision because you don't have any more time. So some of that is real world in that way too. But it was an incredibly amazing experience for both us and the kids. They got to learn an awful lot, and we've we've included more information on exactly how we help the kids plan a plan a day trip on our website and in this podcast blog post. So you can actually go over to familypassport.co familypassport.co slash forward slash five just the number five and that'll that'll get you there and we've got even more information and a few links too we've also got a step-by-step layout in the family passport kids adventure journal in the bonus activity section so you can you can get this on amazon or you can go to go to our site and purchase it as a pdf directly on familypassport.co. What else would, what other advice would you give to people that are interested in doing this type of thing? I think just have fun with your kids. You can learn a lot about your kids from doing an activity like this and you can teach your kids a lot of really good real world applicable skills doing this. And it makes the trip that much more memorable for them, for them to come home and say, I got to plan a whole day there and we went to this place and we did this and it was all my idea and I paid for it with the euros that I was given. And I think it just, it was a great experience for us and we wanted to share it so that other people can experience it too. Maybe next year we should make them earn their own euros. Yeah, maybe we should. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, we provided it this time around. But hey, opportunity for doing it differently next time around. Hey, uh, thank you so much for listening. 
as always, you can you can go over to familypassport.co and check out everything that we have, including getting our packing list so you don't have to create your own and not miss anything that uh, that you might want if you're own, taking your own trip. And certainly you can check out the, the Family Passport Kids Adventure Journal. And not just those bonus activities, but the entire thing that way you can you can enjoy the entire experience interactively with your kids and make the whole trip, not just not just this one day, but the whole entire trip incredibly memorable for you. All right. We will see you next time on familypassport.co. Bye. Adios. Or maybe I should say au revoir. Why did you choose the aquarium? I chose it because I like animal life, so I wanted to kind of go for like an aquarium. Mm. What was your favorite thing about it? I think, uh, just a second. I think my favorite part was where they had the big dome with the sharks. Oh, yeah, that was really cool because you could sit underneath the dome, right? And it looked like the sharks were swimming above you. Yeah. And we we got to watch them feed the sharks. Yeah, it was like you're sitting at a movie, but sharks were going over your head, huh? Yeah, that was real really cool. sharks. Yeah, big sharks. Do you remember Huge. any kinds of sharks? There was a hammerhead. There were two hammerheads, even. Yeah. And there were some hammerheads in the other aquarium. Yeah. Those were pretty cool. Um, wasn't there a sand shark? There were, I think, I think a few. Yeah. And some great whites. Yeah. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to the Family Passport Podcast. Head on over to familypassport.co, that's familypassport.co, to learn how to travel with your kids, get travel tips, and even the tools that we've used to take amazing family trips. We'll see you next time on FPP. Welcome back to the Family Passport Podcast. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Scott. (laughs) 